Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. A little bit of a hybrid episode uh, this week because um, I, uh, Roscoe, your uh, host, I'm on the road. I'm actually sitting here in Hobart and um, recording from this lovely room at the RACV uh, Hobart where I've been staying for a couple of nights and um, it's absolutely lovely. But uh, yeah, it might not be any music and all of the fancy intro stuff that we uh, usually do, but uh, don't worry about that because... My good man, Scott Carter, joins us all the way from downtown Melbourne. Um, you know, we've taken this, uh, taken the podcast outside of Melbourne and made it interstate. Uh, Scott, welcome back. How are you? Hello, Roscoe. I'm good, mate. You're, uh, you're looking good. Everyone loves a good RACV business centre, don't they? In the, in the background, taking it on the road. <laughs> uh, I've got to say thanks to the young man, Joe, who um, secreted me away in here. He could see me setting up. He said, uh, so let's let's get you out of this busy bar here and get you over uh, in this room that I've got set up. I can sit cups over there. Might help myself a coffee later. No, I won't. Well, do that. that's good. May he recognise you? Oh, you, Mister Ross Flanagan. You're doing doing podcast. Yeah, just doing the global uh, the global mile of golf yeah. podcast. No, don't be silly. Um, I'm just uh, tucked away here because uh, Mrs. Mile of Golf is um, up in the room, probably watching the block or. My Kitchen Rules or some other show. And uh, it just, she says, oh, do you want to do your podcast up here? I said, darling, I said, uh, I just don't think you can handle the heat. I don't think you can ha- handle the power coming coming out there, just just the live audience. I don't <laughs> think I could handle it personally. Um, no, no, it's just better just to come down and sit down here. Hey, mate, um, how's your week in golf been? How, did, you, did you have a couple of games? I had a couple of games, Roscoe. Yeah, not too bad. I, I played last Wednesday. And um, I'll tell you what, actually, first of all, Congrats on last week's episode and the two boys that joined. That was a lot of fun to listen to, um, PK and uh, and Pulte, Pulte. So great to great to hear those two guys, stalwarts of the the M Log community, um, get on the airwaves. Uh, but I'm glad I didn't get on last week, Roscoe. I had maybe my worst round of golf in a many many years uh, last Wednesday. So I won't tell you how many points I didn't have. Um, and it was just me and young Sid out there, and I've spoken about Sid a little bit before. Young guys of plus two, um, but uh, yeah, I had an absolute shocker. But then I went out there yesterday on Monday, um, a little bit after that round, and Sid said something to me in the round about his game and the sort of one thing that he was working on. And I kind of remembered that on the range yesterday and I thought, oh, yeah, my grip's a bit too firm too at the moment and I've been hitting it terribly. Um, so I loosened up the grip a little bit, relaxed the tension and actually played pretty good for 12 holes. Um, so another another little tidbit from young Sid that's helping me uh, improve my game every now and then um, is great. As I said, you know, always take a lot out of playing with young Sid. Um, so, mate, thank you, Sid. Shout out. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, good man. If you've co-opted Sid, not only as a golf partner, but as a listener to my love of golf, that's uh, fantastic. Thank you. Hey, Sid, uh, yeah, he's doing really well. Um, you know, I remember when we played, oh, must be over 12 months ago now, and you pointed Sid out, and you know, he really hadn't popped up on the radar of anywhere, and he just looked like another one of the you know, dozen or so kids you know, that you'll find at any golf course around Melbourne grinding away, wanting to be you know, an elite golfer. You know, he was already elite, but you know, Yep. Be elite as an amateur, elite as a potential professional, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, you said he'd had, you know, been working on his game, working on his mental game, all that sort of thing. And, um, you know, just his development in the last, you know, 12 months or so, you know, he started to play uh, in the, um, uh, the, uh, the, the, um, yeah. Oh, he played a lot of Ivo's. Oh, yeah, he played yeah. the, the, those, the um, game. 
the game. player series and the the game and you know he's he's doing really well. So uh, it's a credit to to young Sid. So keep an eye for him and and he's I know he, he'd be getting a lot from playing in and around like the likes of uh, Dave Michaluzzi. Who congratulations to Dave Michaluzzi. He just won his yeah. second Jeff Ogilvy's the game on the bounce. Just another lazy six under at uh, Vic uh, yesterday. So well done, Mika. Um, he seems to be enjoying his golf. He's having a lot of fun with the boys at PK at the moment. They they um out there fairly regularly. So um um I'm fairly confident that uh the young Michaluzzi, when he heads off back to Europe at the uh when his tour cards that kicks in for next year, we'll see um yep. a big year coming from the young fella. Uh, well that's good that you had a game of golf. Maybe not good that you didn't have your best game of golf. I certainly haven't had any games of golf. I did finish off another bit of drum and golf work in that YouTube space. Uh, put out another video on the new Apex uh, Pro Series irons. Fantastic okay. irons they are. If uh, you know, if anyone's wondering about the new Apex Pro Series irons, don't um, plug in. They've got the work I do on the drum and golf YouTube stuff, but you know, go over there and check it out. But um, they are a lovely family of irons. So you've got the Apex Pro MB, uh, the muscle back. Uh, you've got the CB, cavity back. So that replaces the TCB. You've got the Pro, um, just nice irons. That was, so that, that yep. came out. Yeah, go and check out my work on YouTube. There you go. Um, plug, got to plug that stuff. Free plug. Yeah, well, yeah. Nothing, nothing's free, you know. <laughs> someone pays somewhere along the line. Um, but yeah, down here in Hobart, not playing any golf, just down doing some sightseeing. Never really been to this part of the world for any uh, tourist operations. But um, I think I mentioned to you off here, we had uh, sun and just a, you know, the the the, the Travis Matthew uh, three quarters zip on at one part of the day, and we ended the day up in Mount Wellington, Scott, with uh, mm. snow, snow, absolutely snow. And I hear that actually might be getting a dusting of snow in the in the hills tomorrow in Melbourne. But um, let's not turn this into the weather reports. But it was it was amazing to get sun and two hours later be up on a mountain and be getting snowed on. It was unbelievable. Um, we had a fairly sizable week in the world of golf. Um, which we'll talk about in two seconds, but I do want to say mm. that we are going to give uh, more details. This is like we announced it last week, this Your Love of Golf Stories um, initiative that you know, the Giveaway Kings and uh, myself and yourself worked on last week, and we announced that last week. Well, we're going to tell you how you can get into that this week and the link to Tell Us Your Story is going to be coming out in the social. So if you've been waiting to learn how to win the Bushnell Tour V6 Laser Rangefinder from... Um, uh, what a prize! That's a great prize. It's a what it's a, a great prize to it's just, kick off with, mate. It's just one that um, my good friends at Bushnell have been able to help out with, just because they love you know all the golf stories that they hear all around the track. And um, but yeah, we will talk about that. But we're going to talk about the golf first. And I guess the big one for me, because I uh, I went to bed with Ludwig uh, the other night. I was in the hotel and the, the golf came on and <laughs> Ludwig was was winning. And I thought, well, no, he was actually a couple behind. And then Matt Fitzpatrick was in front, and uh, I thought, oh well, uh, we could uh, he could get this, and he did. Old Ludwig Aberg, much talked about. We've been talking up, and I think we're not the only golf podcast in the world. You know, his mate Tron Carter um, has um, been all over Ludwig, and probably tipped half the world into Ludwig over the last six months or so. But um, we've been on the Ludwig train, and and he saluted in in uh, Switzerland. Yeah. Pretty good. It's pretty oh, good. Amazing. He's in his ninth start, I think, as a as a pro, and um, to get his first win 
Uh, I think the whole world had been talking about him in terms of Ryder Cup selection. Will he? Won't he? Is Luke Donald going to pick him? Um, so plenty of pressure on the on the young guy if he was to kind of step up and you know show his worth. Um, he had a great first round as well, so he kind of came out of came out of the blocks nice and fast. I don't think he was leading after round one, but certainly shot a great round and then um, uh, brought it home. What is it? Six, what do you have? Uh, on the final round, there six under or something like that yeah. to to take it, it home. It was the way that he finished it off. Like, yeah, you know, he obviously, you know, would have been hoping for you know the, that phone call that uh, I think you can go and check out on all of the DP World Tour and Ryder Cup uh, social channels of Luke Donald calling Ludwig and announcing his um, inclusion in the Ryder Cup team for uh, Europe. He would have been hoping, mm. but you know, he's got Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, leading leading the thing, and he just kept it together so well, and and just didn't take the foot off the pedal, didn't make you know very many mistakes over that closing sort of five or six holes. Just when when it pins, made the birdies when he needed to, and then on the other hand, you know, Matt Fitzpatrick, who you know we tipped, I tipped last week as you know the one that I would like to, I thought might have the best chance, and he he was looking like a very 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 good chance with about five holes to go, and yeah. just capitulated, just like maybe capitulated a bit strong, but. I think he even had a shank on the 15th or 16th, the par three. I can't remember exactly which hole it was, but he just it was a par three and he just hit it straight right into the trees. And he just looked wow. in all sorts. He just looked in all sorts and just you know, fell away from not, not only the lead, he had like a two-shot lead, but not only a two-shot lead, he ended up, you know, um, finishing third behind uh, the Ludwig's fellow speed, um, Alex Bjork. So, yeah. Anyway, these things happen to the best of best of us, uh, Scott, as you know. But um, it probably wasn't. It, it probably wasn't what I was expecting from you know a very strong Ryder Cup hopeful um, in the weeks before the Ryder Cup to see him just really crumble a little bit. You know, and I, I can't you can't say it was pressure, but maybe it was. Um, yeah, he's not worried about Ludwig Egerberg, you know, taking his spot. That's Fitzpatrick was was going to be a lock, right? But um, yeah, totally. But uh, anyway, Ludwig Aberg, he he takes the win, um, you know, as it said, as as Luke Donald said in the phone that phone call, you know, we asked you to come across and play these couple of weeks, and and he performed, and you know he, he performed very strongly the week before, and then goes out and wins the thing. I think he pretty much stamped his ticket very convincingly. Um, yeah, right there. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Would did, would did birdie uh, three of the last four or four of the last five or something to um. To, yeah. to get after it. Yeah, incredible finish. Yeah, he, he really did. He played flawless um, the last few holes. And um, as I say, he came from behind. He would have, he saw very clearly that he had sort of made up a two-shot swing and you know, just held it together and just played the last couple of holes really nicely. Mm. Um, maybe he's... maybe it was because he's playing with Alex Bjork, you know, his fellow countryman, who I'm going to assume that he probably already knows quite well. Maybe that gave him a bit of a comfort factor. Yeah, you know, I, I watched him. I watched them tee off, and I thought, I, I thought, oh, I bet these guys have played a little bit of golf together. I think their the age is not very close, but um, but surely they're you know just like the Australian guys would be, they're connected in some way. So that's that has to kind of relax both of them and get them in a in a pretty um in, in a pretty kind of focused um mindset from the get go. So um so yeah, yeah, great great way to finish it up. But geez, uh, you, weren't, other... you weren't wrong Sorry. about the scenery, Roscoe. The that 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 course on TV is incredible, isn't it? Like just the surrounds, yeah. and I think you said last week, uh, it's a bit like the Tour de France of golf. Well, 
yeah, you're not wrong. Those uh, those Alps were just incredible. I think uh, by all accounts, and I might have said it last week, that the families, uh, it's a very popular event with the players. It's a long, long-term long event. has been on the tour for ages. The, the players take their families. They get, obviously get looked after. Um, you know, all you see is pictures from, you know, a lot of the associated people on tour, like the media people, you know, there are. I saw Iona Stephen, you know, doing some paragliding off the mountains and that sort of thing. So they all have a great mm. time. Um, any other outtakes from uh, from the European Masters uh, from your good self, Scott? I no, not saw. from the I was event. Gonna, I was just going to say Connor Syme. I always like to shout out the top Scott, Connor Syme. He was, yeah. he, he's, he's, uh, he's a great young player, is Connor Syme. And I think hopefully next year we can see a good, a good, um, another Scott on tour. We've got Bobby Mack who punched his ticket on the weekend, but, um, Connor Syme, I'm a big Connor Syme fan. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off there. No, no, that's okay. Um, Alex Fitzpatrick uh, mm. was a bit of a standout for me again, Roscoe. Another very solid performance from uh, the younger Fitzpatrick. So good to see him, um, you know, in, in the mix and in the mix. So I enjoyed watching him tee off play his first few holes um, on Sunday night. Uh, I always like seeing Eric Van Royen in the mix and on the leaderboard. I do love his jogger style. I'll be honest, Roscoe. Um, so big South African, good to see him up there. He's been um, he's been in the doldrums. He's not you know, yeah, maybe doldrums. He's, he's not had a great year in um, either side of the uh, the Atlantic. But um, yeah, it's always good to see someone who's you know not been playing that well come back. Oh, I'm a fan of the jogger pants as well. I don't mind seeing a little bit of ankle flesh uh, yep. and, a, and, a, and a socklet, if there is such a word for those um, sockets. Socklets. Sockets, sockets. Yeah. No but shows. It wasn't. It wasn't going to be my story, but <laughs> I, I've probably told it before. But um, you know, I remember the first ever time, 1987. Uh, Scott was oh. the first time. Was the first Sit time. Sit back, kids. Enjoy. 1987 was the first time I ever saw a socket. I didn't even think that sockets were invented back then. I didn't know what one was, but I just saw this bit of uh, cotton poking above the. Uh, the heel line of the Footjoy Classics, and there were classics back then. There were a few iterations in mm. Palm Springs at um, Mission Hills Country Club where they put out pristine pyramids of golf balls for all the members. This is 1987, Scott. This is a boy from Cessnock, New South Wales, the bush, where we had a practice oh, fairway, but you had to pick up your own balls and you had to fish them out of the creek. And if you wanted a new golf ball, you, know, you would follow the men around, and when they lose the ball, you'd go in and pick, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then there we were, 1987, pyramids and there was a young fellow there who just looked like he was straight off you know the college golf team which we didn't even know what college was we didn't know what golf teams were we we're just kids from the bush yeah this, this young fellow's got these foot joy classics and sockets i've never seen opened up your life. world roscoe it, uh, we were still wearing long socks long sort oh, of woolen geez. woolen cotton blend this yeah. is the poles apart that australia was and america was Long cotton wool blend walk socks folded over the top below the knee, um, and Niblick still had those little uh, the epaulette, the tongue, the, the flappy, dangly things over the yeah. top. Yeah, we turn up to bloody Palm Springs, California. I turn up to Palm Springs, California, and there's a bloke with lace-up, pure white crocodile sort of saddle foot joy classics yeah. and sockets. Couldn't believe it. Oh, um, so, mate, I tell you what, 1987 Palm Springs would have been a bit of fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> Back it in was the day, an, 
it was an eye-opening experience for a young boy from uh, the bush, let me say, let me tell you that much. Uh, uh, yeah, all of the associated things that went around that golf trip, uh, eye-opening golf experience, but um, eye-opening just cultural experience. That was, sort of, yeah. was a cultural expo- exchange and and there was some cultural exchange, put it up. Um, it, was a, it was a great, uh, but anyway, Sockets back at Eric Van Royen. Um, good to see you playing well, Eric. Good to see uh, him playing well. Actually, we digress, but there's a story for you, and, and that is, uh, you know, what we want to hear more of, you know, your your favourite stories. Um, the DP World Tour moves to um, the K-Club this week. It does, uh, for so the Irish uh, Open. Yeah. There's a good list of players. Uh, yeah, good list of players signed up for that one um, this week, Roscoe. Most of the European guys that have been selected for Ryder Cup are, are teeing it up, and uh, a bunch of Aussies as well, and a decent little prize packet there, six million USD. So, not quite an elevated event, but it's been um, definitely supported. Well, you remember it was it was it was one of the uh, DP World Tour events when they sort of change things around last year that have got relocated, relocated, you know, into this swing of events um, that will happen between now and the Ryder Cup, you know. So it sort of fit awkwardly, you know, for a national open, you know, I think they wanted to get those European national opens a little bit more um, profile. Yep. And uh, it's set in between, I think, one of the, uh, maybe the US Open and the and the Open and the Scottish Open was in there. So it just, yeah sort of wasn't crammed right, yeah for the, to get the best players you know the european yep. the american-based european so now you can see what's happened obviously in particular in the Ryder cup you know they've got all of the european talent there so you know mm. playing at the clay k club you know that's a prestigious irish golf club mm. yeah, it's not everyone's famous like, favorite i'd love to still see these events in ireland being played on la hinch or ballyliffin or um yeah, you know, pick any one of those beautiful Irish links courses. I'd still love to see national opens played on those courses, but uh, anyway, it's I'll be looking forward to tuning in. Um, I tell you what, the, the the defending champ has got a bit of a point to prove, doesn't he? Not being to, selected, the big big have, uh, big Croatian Moronk. No, Paul, um, Paul, the big Paul, the big Paul. Yeah. Paul. Um, um, he's a fan favourite of ours. Uh, we've. Uh, you know, we met Adrian down there at the Oz Open and had a brief chat. I was lucky enough to get on the green and take some photos of him winning and kissing trophies and that sort of thing. It was it was great just to um just to see him. And you know, he's had a great year since then. You know, he's he won. Yeah, you know, he's the he's the um he's he, won he, more he, than he, once. Yeah. He won twice. Yeah, he won the Italian yeah. he won he won at the didn't he win at the um Italian Open? I'm sure he did. I'm sorry, I haven't got the notes here because he was a defending champion in the Irish Open. But I'm pretty, did he win in Italy? Anyway, we'll keep talking. And, and I, um, think he, I think he's third on the on the race to Dubai or something, mate. Like he's he's nice and high too. So it's a it's a big surprise that to, for, for me personally that he's been left out. Um, it, I would have loved to have seen him play in that Ryder Cup, but yeah, I can imagine it, he'll come out this week pretty pumped up. It's getting a lot of coverage amongst the the ranks as uh, Adrian Ronks exclusion from the Ryder Cup team in preference for um, Shane Lowry. Um, yeah, they've gone for experience versus, you know, youth and form. Uh, you know, I, I I love Shane Shane Lowry. I love him. I, I may have even said that I'd pick him in, in, the, in the past, but, um, you know, I love Adrian Moronk. And one thing I, I have said is that if there's an opportunity to bring new talent and youthful talent into a team, you know, that's in form, I would, I would be doing that, you know, like 
like you're picking a football team, like you're picking a soccer team, you know, if you inform youth, you know, they know, have no fear, don't have any skeletons in the closet. Shane yeah. Lowry is a, a seasoned veteran and is a little bit like JT, you know, you know, he's probably someone that the team loves to have in and around that team environment. You know, he he's, must be a character. He, you know, he seems like a great bloke and all the good stuff that you get with Shane Lowry. But at the end of the day, you just hope that Shane Lowry can back it up um, and that trust and go out and, and get a win. Mm. Um, but Adrian Moronk has absolutely every ground to be sitting at home crying in his, um, you know, Polish beer because uh, he is very hardly done by. Yeah. I mean, you, you, I don't disagree with all of those things you just said about Shane Lowry, Roscoe, but he's only played one Ryder Cup, like that that last one in 21. That's his only Ryder Cup was appearance. That, okay, was that his first one? Yeah, okay, yep. Yeah, and so, yeah, I'm sure he is good in the team room and, and all of those things. Um, he definitely comes across that way, but it's not like he's got a ton of experience in, in Ryder Cup. Um, he's 36 years old. You know, I, I guess, like, if you're going to pick Justin Rose for the same reason, I mean, he's been playing okay anyway, so I, I like that pick. Um, but you pick him for that experience as well. Um you know, I guess if you take Lowry out of it, then you do have a fairly young squad. But is that such a bad thing? I'd I'd take Moronk over Shane Lowry on a in a head to head match any day of the week at the any any day of the week at the moment. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, one. I I caught myself and questioned uh, my knowledge on Adrian Moronk winning the Italian Open at Marco Savone. Um, of course, he won. He, of course, he did win that. Um, he was the winner of that. So he's won. Last year's Irish Open, the Australian Open, the Italian Open at Marco Simone over the course, the course the that they're going to play. Like um, it doesn't, he's, he's going to feel pretty hard done by, I reckon. Yes. Uh, anything else? You know, well, we've sort of segued into that, um, you know, European Ryder Cup team. We've got others that we've spoken about. We've got big uh, Shane Lowry, Ludwig Aberg, uh, Sepp Straka. The big, yeah, the, the big Austrian. Tommy, Tommy Fleetwood and Nikolai Hoygaard are the other picks. Um, so that was Lowry the, and Justin Rose. That was, you know, I thought that maybe Moronk might have got the, the Hoygaard spot. You know, when well, sitting there watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, he could have got any of those. But I, I thought mm. after, you know, Hoygaard was uh, up there on Sunday, but he, you know, can't say just because he didn't finish that well, you know, he, but he's the right guy to pick with an eye on the future, isn't he? Like, well, you know, you'd think yeah. that him and his brother would probably play a fair bit over the next couple of decades. And, um, yeah, you definitely got to um, mix the, the, the young blood, some young guys with some, with that experience. But, um, so I don't mind the, the Hoygaard pick. Um, I'd take him and Moronk. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. Lowry or, uh, or Sepp. Could have made way for Moronk. Mm. Anyway, um, it's it's a reasonable team. Uh, can they can they beat the Americans? Now, so obviously, uh, we've been talking about the team and the American team and the will they will they won't they? And obviously they did. And that's pick uh, JT over the clear other choice was Keegan. I guess you know um, as a recent winner, uh, you know, there's probably a couple of others in there um, that. They could have picked, but, uh, you know, JT, um, you know, 
I said yeah. last week, uh, I wouldn't pick him. I wouldn't have taken him. I would have taken someone who was showing more form. But, you know, the again, that whole discussion around the, the team room seemed to be uh, the, the thorn in Keegan Bradley's side. Um, but, yeah, they've got their team. They've got Ricky. They've got JT. They've got the boy band back together. Yeah. And, look, I don't um... – I guess he's only been in two Ryder Cups, so it's only one more than than Lowry. But uh, uh, I don't mind the JT pick for those reasons, like um, you know, in the team room and uh, yeah, the match play and and the Ryder Cup. It's very different to championship golf, I think, from what I see on TV anyway. And, and um, you know, he thrives in that environment clearly through his record um, uh, in both the winning and the losing you know, Ryder Cup appearances. So I, I don't mind that pick. I'm sure Cam Young and Keegan feel pretty uh, pretty hard done by um, themselves. But, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure I would have taken – I I don't know. I would have taken Cam Young over Sam Burns, um, to be honest. But mm, yeah. uh, but still still pretty, pretty quality squad. I mean, when you're leaving people like Cam Young, Keegan Bradley, Ryson, mm. these guys out of it – um, DJ, you know, DJ has gone five and oh, only two years ago. Like, um, I think you could say the same for DJ in terms of Ryder Cup and that getting up for it and motivated and and being a good team room guy from whatever we see, you know, on the telly. Um, you could say the same for DJ, but he, he was hardly even spoken about. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the only live player that, you know, got spoken about is because they had to for so long up until a week ago was, mm. uh, you know, Brooks. You know, being an automatic selection, so yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty pretty clear uh, to me, anyway, what the thought, what the thoughts and sentiment were around all of you know the players that hadn't been playing regular events on the tour. Um, yeah, the JT thing, JT, I can't give you any comfort, but all I, you know, I have zero Ryder Cup experience. You know, I uh, the closest I've got to Ryder Cup was I had tickets for the. 2014 Ryder Cup, which I've told many times that I had to leave on the table and, you know, go to work instead of travelling to Scotland to go to the Ryder Cup at the Eagles. But, yeah. um, but, um, sorry, I just, uh, I'm in, I told you I'm in this room and the young lady's come to get her bag. Uh, I might have led you to believe that they set the room up for me, but no, it's actually one of the, <laughs> one of the corporate clients. Actually, nobody there. knows you're there. <laughs> Yeah, the young lady who uh, had her um, presentation gear for tomorrow's presentation just to get some notes uh, out of it set to come in. Um, but I, ha- I can't give JT any other comfort, um, you know, being an out-of-form golfer going into a, a match play head-to-head. All I can remember is the time uh, in uh, 2003, uh, Mornington Golf Club had a fairly um, big pennant match. I think it might have been against Beacon Hills. And uh, we had a stroke round the day before at the club. Uh, and I was in the team, but I was always sort of six or seven, you know, um, sort of you know, peripheral. You know, I wasn't one of the – I wasn't part of the cool kids. You know, sort of, I didn't drink a lot of beer and all that sort of stuff. So, you know. The bro club. Yeah. But I was but I was good value because I drove I drove everyone dependent. So that means that the other <laughs> other blokes could drink beer and then I could drive them home because I didn't drink. Uh, and it was always We're a good team man. Yeah, I was a great team man, and I was always driving a flash Mercedes Benz because that's where I worked. So I always had a flash <laughs> Mercedes Benz. So I was a pretty good team man on that front. But then, none, 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 you know, back to my point of you know having form, um, I did shoot ninety five 
on the stroke round and then still maintain my position in the team for the next day and to go out and win four, uh, four and three the next day. So, you know, anything yeah. can happen. Anything can happen, JT. You can shoot 95 yeah. and go out and go lights out the next day. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, another story another story uh yeah, Scott, yeah. we want to hear them, more and more of these <laughs> stories we want to hear stories uh because everyone's got yeah my crappy stories but i know that there are absolute crackerjack stories out there um yep. in, a, in and amongst the cohort and there might be other people at play with there might be their own stories there might be good bad sad you know whatever gamut of you know this uh, story that this game brings out and there is so much uh, value that we get from participating in the game of golf so we want people to share it we can keep interviewing uh, we've got some interviews to, lined up you know you're going to interview one of your um uh, colleagues very soon you know a big big baller in the game and we've got plenty of great great interviews but really this is a podcast that's about love of golf and it's about as we said last week it's about people's stories and we want to share them even just snippets. So we're going to get everyone to share their stories with us and we're going to use the giveaway kings, uh, the gents that were with us last week, and we're going to read through some of these and we're going to share them. And at the end of uh, a month or so, we're going to choose a winner. You know, there's going to come down to a final group of stories and we're going to randomly select a winner and they're going to win a Bushnell Tool V6 laser rangefinder. All you need to do is tell us your story on the socials. There will be a link to a document that's, you know, a very finely crafted document, very simple, easy to put your name in, tell us your handicap um, and tell us your story. Uh, tell us where you play golf and um, and we'll have that here for us and we'll read those stories and we'll share them and uh, it'll be great. If you want to be anonymous, you can be anonymous. If you don't want to be anonymous, we, if you want to give us a, a nickname or whatever, you can, you can tell us a nickname or whatever we'd rather be able to at least give you some sort of identifying credibility and and um so everyone can you know who knows you knows who you are and can give you a pat on the back but any way you want to deliver it uh as long as it's on that form that'd be great um is that is that what yeah. we're doing scott oh that sounds pretty good roscoe i loved what you guys were talking about last week and how we're kicking this off and you know, as you've you've said or we've talked about before this is this is about the community right and and just sharing uh, wins, losses, good stories, bad stories, learnings, disappointments, all of those things, just bringing the community together. And I think this is a great way to do it and, and a great way to um, share some of these stories. And as you said, mate, it could be um, could be about your handicap going down. It could be how you went from 20 down to 12 and what did you do? It, it could be a, a near hole-in-one Um it could be, you know, your lowest score ever. It could be a special time you had on the course. Um, you know, you had the whole course to yourself. Anything. Um, I think just, yeah, we just love hearing some of these stories. We love, we loved having so many guests on over the last few weeks. And um, it's really kind of sparked that interest in like, hey, I'm, I'm sure there's other great stories out there from from all of us Joe Bloggs uh, golfers that just love this game and, and love being a part of this community. So, uh, great way to bring that all together, Roscoe, and and give away a bushnel at the same time. So, great Abs- prize to kick off this Ab- little program. Absolutely, um, the Walker Cup was played at St Andrews. It was a fairly, yep. uh, it's a fairly big event in the world of amateur golf. The best amateur golfers from uh, the US playing the best amateur golfers from uh, Great Britain and Ireland. Now we're not going to go through the Walker Cup and the results, but. You know, for me, anytime you get to see any glimpse of the best players in the world playing on 
the old course and playing on these classic links courses, it just highlights and elevates um, so many people's interests in the game of golf. And, you know, the, the US one, um, I've got the score here, so I can't remember, it was like 14 and a half to 11 and a half. GB and Ireland um, were up going into the final day and the US is just the strength of that team. Um, just rolled them in the in the morning um, play and then just had the ascendancy going into the rest of the day. But what I loved about it, going back to that, you know, the interest of people going to watch the best golfers on the old course. Yeah, obviously there's not as many players, people there watching as the Open, but there was still a great crowd of people there yeah. watching this great amateur event. But so many people I knew were there from different different walks of life and they're all commentating on, you know, guys that we know through the golf community. Uh, UK golf guy was there and, you know, um, the fried egg quoted UK golf guy because he listened to one of the American players, you know, moaning about how the old course was penalising good shots and, and, and reward and, and, um, you know, not helping bad shots, you know, that sort of thing. So the fried egg picked up UK golf guys commentary on that. Uh, Chris Day, um, is flown in from Atlanta to Edinburgh and driven up to see the last two days of the Walker Cup. Now, Chris, you know, we had Chris play golf with a PK, you know, a couple of years ago. He, he's joined PK and he just, he's the sort of guy that just will jump on a plane and go and play five courses in Scotland for six days, five days, and then just bolt home and go back to work. He's just that mad for it. He was at the Walker Cup. Uh, Josh, who was on the podcast with us a couple of weeks ago, he was at the Walker yep. Cup. You know, all these guys, and they don't know each other, you know, but they're all just there. And so it was great to be able to feed in, you know, feeding into all, all their stuff um, coming through from uh, St Andrews. Uh, it was great. And it's great to, you know, link, make these connections and these stories. And, and, and those guys have been, you know, really valuable friends to me along the journey. So, um, you know, just another example of how this game and these stories that we share and, um, you know, connect us all. But the Walker Cup, it was great. St Andrews, great. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of the Aussies playing at the Dunhill Links, which is in uh, a couple of weeks. Um, obviously, that's at St Andrews, the old course, uh, Carnoustie and Kings Barnes, three unbelievable courses. Um, and there'll be a whole host of Aussies playing there because obviously the top 10 in the order of merit from last year get a start in that event. So looking forward to that. It's usually cold and wet and windy by that stage, but um, mm. it's just great. Great watching golf over that part of the world. Uh, what else we got? We've got the the Portland Classic. Yeah, we had the LPGA. Had, yeah. Go to the, the Portland uh, Classic. So, I mean, as, yeah. as we've talked about, Roscoe, I lived in Portland there for a little while and uh, actually took the kids um, to the Portland Classic in 2018 and 19. Yeah, 18 and 19. Um, I mean, touching on golf stories, right? Like a, a really really uh, nice little moment that we had me and Lexi I took Lexi and she was when well, she was four she just turned four um and so took her along to the golf and we followed Lexi Thompson around um and had a nice little moment there with that was because there's no one around right there was hardly any crowd so um we had some good interactions with Lexi and uh and a little kind of chat and hello and 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 um and that that year and then the next year I took Took Flinny, and this is at the same course, beautiful course, at Columbia um, Edgewater. Uh, took Flinny and Lexi, and uh, we went with very good friends of ours, the Woods, and their their uh, two kids. And um, this is why I'm, I'm I've got a soft spot for Kempi when we talk about the list of Aussies playing in these tournaments because. 
we followed Kempi around this year and uh, and the, the kids were all chanting on the side of the fairway there for a minute, you know, big, loud American voices at this golf course, golf tournament, where everyone's supposed to be quiet, you know, chanting this, go, Kempi, go, go, Kempi, go. And she was cracking up, loving it, you know, waving from the fairway and, um, yeah, really engaged in it. So uh, she was a great sport. And then we saw her finishing off on the 18th and uh, and she came over and she handed the kids um, one of the balls each. And, uh, yeah, just another really lovely little kind of moment um, in my my golf journey and, and story and, and with the kids involved and Aussie players overseas. And, yeah, it's a special, special time. So, um, so yeah, I enjoyed seeing the, the Portland Classic on telly this week. Um, young Thai girl, I think, Shanati Wanasin, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, took it out, 26 under. But um, Roscoe, did you know how many cuts in a row she had missed leading into this tournament? I mean, how's this for a form turnaround? Nine cuts in a row, Roscoe, she's missed. She was ranked like 380-something, I think 300-plus in the world um, before this week. And yeah, a rookie um, in a rookie year and came out and, and um, shot 63 on Sunday to win. I mean, what a great story. That is a monumental form turnaround. That eclipses my shooting 95 in the stroke round and going and winning four and three the next day is a, is a sacrificial number one. Um, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. she, I've never, Shanti, Shanti, what was her surname again? Uh, Shanti Wanasain. Wanasain, never. I, I, can't give you any form or any insights into Shannon. But um, congratulations. Did any any other uh, uh, results of note out of that um, Portland Classic? None better than a 63 from a rookie on a Sunday, no. There you go. Okay. <laughs> the, well, the, the, the women move this week to the uh, Kroger Queen City um, Invitational or yeah. um, Championship or whatever it's called uh, in Ohio. Cincinnati. Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. In Australians, we've got uh, Gabrielle Ruffles, we've got Suo Minji, uh, Steph Kiriaku, um, Karis Davis and Grace Kim, and the aforementioned Sarah Kempi. Kemp. Oh, it's a, it's a, what, a great, what a great field of young Australian women yeah. representing at the highest level of Australian golf. It's, it's, um, it's just sensational to read out all those names. And not just once off, you know, week in, week out. And this is at the latter stage of their very long year. You know, the, the women have had a long a, a long year. And, and I think I remember going back to um, earlier in the year, you know, someone put one of those diagrams out where it sort of tracked the plane, you know, the, 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 oh, yeah. the destinations where all the women had to sort of travel week in, week out and the, and the different destinations that they had to, you know, one side of the country one week, another side of the country the next week, back to the other side of the country, over to the mm. other part of the world. Uh, you know, they've got a, a very full schedule, but we've been reading out uh, that cohort of, of um, women's uh, names week in, week out, and, you know, we've had some winners this year. Yeah, uh, it's, it's great to see. Yeah, it's great to see. Obviously, we're looking forward to the Solheim Cup. Obviously, Australian girls aren't playing the Solheim Cup, but um, it's another it's another great uh, three or four days of head-to-head tournament golf, um, match play golf for for us to get our chomps into. Yeah. Um, we're in the season of team golf uh, right now, Roscoe. It's all about team golf. We're heading into a big, big month or so of it. Uh, you know, there's another form of team golf, I'm sure. 
uh, live golf. Someone oh, said yeah, that I haven't heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Someone <laughs> said that this team golf doesn't doesn't have anything, but we seem to, you know, okay, it's different team golf. I get that, but um, we do get worked up for some forms of team golf. Uh, don't worry about that. And the Ryder Cup, oh, myself. So I, 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 I would love to see. I would love to see uh, live golf do do a bit of foursomes or four mm. ball um, incorporated into the mix. There, I mean, I. I'd, I, I reckon it'd be great TV to watch maybe the first two or three rounds as, you know, stroke, you're earning points for the team. So, like, you, you, yeah, you're getting the team aggregate going for the first two or three rounds to then determine where your team sits for the final round, which is a uh, four-ball Ambrose of, like, those guys just, just shooting at flags and someone, like, a, a team shooting 18 under. Like, I know it's nothing like traditional golf and... The traditionalists are not going to like it at all, but I reckon, I think it'd be great TV to watch those guys just firing at pins all day, and really getting after a uh, what fifty four or, or whatever it might be. That'd be cool. Well, I'm not sure that we'll see that, but if there was a format of golf that could uh, continue to try new things, and you know, that's one one thing that's going to give us more fuel to talk about uh, as the, yeah, it's not really an off season, but as we sort of get out mm. of this tour season, as we wait for, you know, all of this uh, to unfold next year, we, you know, we know about the DP world tour schedule. We know enough about the uh, PGA tour schedule. We haven't seen the, the live schedule yet, but um, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of other stuff to talk about um, in the next couple of months. Yep. Including people's love of golf storms. More love of golf is better. Your love of golf is better. It's not about our love of golf. It's your love of golf. So we want to share your story. So I look forward to um, you know, getting the link on the social. Just hit it, fill in your stories, send it. And come October, we'll be um, drawing a winner for a Bushnell Tour V6. And we don't want to stop it there. You know, we, we want to keep more of this sort of stories and engagement. And we've got more things to give away. I've got to, mm. I'm not going to sit here and say I've got a cupboard full of stuff, but um I've got some. I've got some stuff to give away. Don't worry about that. Yeah, great. And Roscoe, I mean, you've shared. We've shared a couple of stories um, on this podcast today. Just a little off the cuff. Like, is there any? What's a What's a good Ross Flanagan golf story you can share to give the give the <sighs> listeners something to you know inspire their story thoughts by? What's uh, What do you want to hear about? Give me Give me a topic. I, I, I've got a few. Okay. Give me a subject um, matter area because I, I I usually I would just go to telling great stories about the people that I've met, mm. uh, and maybe maybe you can tell me you can ask me another story, but I'll tell you about one particular person that I've met. Yep. Um, who, you know, we had connected uh, by by Twitter, and um no other connection other than really, you know, I knew that he was in Scotland and he played over in the, in the West of Scotland, over in the Kintyre Peninsula, the Macrohanish. And for, for a long, long, long period of time, um, I had coveted playing at Macrohanish. Now the long, long period of time goes back to being a young uh, Australian born, as you know, as everyone knows, because I say it a lot of times, Australian born kid of Scottish descent and having a very strong Scottish influence in my upbringing in and around a soccer club, which was full of Scots. And that was my de, de facto family. So, you know, Saturday nights for us were at members of the soccer club that my dad was a, you know, came out to play for, um, surrounded by all these other sort of Scottish migrant families. So it was very Scottish influence. There was not many Australians at these, you know, land gatherings, but 
in my quest to understand where my parents had come from because, you know, I, I was old enough and smart enough to know that they'd come from another part of the world and that was miles away. Where were they? So I would study maps and I would study the map of Scotland. And when I studied the map of Scotland, I was always intrigued by this finger of land down that didn't seem to be connected. A little bit like the Italian boot, you know, if you know the map, mm. and if you know the Kinpa Peninsula, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you go and have a look at a map of Scotland, you look at that finger of land in the west. And when I started playing golf, you know, this, this golf course would always pop up as, you know, the writings of golf called Macrahanish. And I was fascinated by it. But in, in all of the travels to Scotland, I, uh, you know, I only ever met people that had played there maybe once or twice and, and not much. But, and I was just fascinated by, by this place, that, even the name. And, I, and, and this is a time when I didn't know about, um, you know, um, old Tom Morris and his influence on, you know, the evolution of golf through Scotland and then across to Ireland and, and how he was responsible for taking golf over to Ireland. But, and that was one of his destinations down at Macrahanish. I had no idea about any of that sort of thing. And uh, I just wanted to go there. Anyway, we'll roll forward to the Twitter Twitterverse and Robbie Wilson pops up on Twitter. He's out in that area. Hey, Robbie, how are you going? I'd love to go out and have a game of golf one day and blah, 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 blah. And we just chat away and... And I went and met Robbie. Um, and I may have even told the story, but you know, we go to. I, he says, "I'll book us a tea time at Shiskin." Now Shiskin's on the Isle of Arran. Now to get from where where Hintai Peninsula, you've got to catch a ferry over to the Isle of Arran and drive down to Shiskin. He said, "I'll book us a tea time, eleven o'clock. I'll meet you on the first tee." Okay, I'd never met the boy. I barely even knew what he looked like because he kept his personal sort of persona quite private on online, so I didn't really really know what he looked like. Get there. There's Robbie. Eleven o'clock. I was running five minutes late because of the ferry was late or whatever it was. Usually, because um, I was just late. And we get in there, and then all of a sudden he takes me in, introduces me to Hamish in the uh, in the pro shop. And Hamish is a photographer. He makes calendars for for Shiskin there. I bought a ten pound calendar. And then there's a couple of Aussie voices behind us. And uh, and Robbie's then chatting to the Aussies, and he says, "Well, you may as well just join us and just come because we may as well make it an Aussie fest." We go out and play Shiskin's fantastic. Then we jump on the ferry, we go back across to Macrahanish. We belt down to Macrahanish at six o'clock and play instead of playing on the Saturday because Robbie had actually kept an eye on the weather. I had zero eye on the weather. I was just in awe of you know being in this part of the world which I'd coveted for since childhood. And um, he says, "Let's go out and play." We have this six o'clock round out there at Macrahanish, it's unbelievable. It's just like he and I and maybe two or three others out on course. And it was just amazing. And I'm assuming all this time that Robbie lived in, in Campbelltown, which is the town near, nearest Macrahanish. And I'm staying in the pub uh, down, down in there for the couple of nights. So oh, Robbie, let me take you out and we'll go and have dinner and whatever. He says, oh yeah, okay, well, let's do that. And let's, off we go. And um, when we were out playing golf, there was another, I flew my drone and took some photos, but my drone, I ran out of battery. And there's this other drone flying around. I was like, oh, damn, you know, who's, who's got the big drone up, you know, flying around? Oh, I was so angry at myself for running out of battery and not consider this drone flying around. You know, I, I either eyeball the guy who's doing the drone photo, drone flying, but he's too far away. I don't see him. So just eyeballing. And Robbie goes, oh, that'll be this fellow that does a bit of that sort of stuff for the club. I think he comes from London. No, yeah, fair enough. And uh, anyway, we go out, Robbie and I finish golf. We go out for dinner. We have an Indian meal in Macrahanish. And it's about midnight by this stage because we teed off at 6 o'clock, played 18 holes of golf. We go have an Indian meal. 
And then Robbie says, I says, oh, where do you live? Do you live you know, down that street or the next street? No, Campbelltown is not a big place. He says, no, no, I live at Lockerbie, which is back up the road, like an hour and a half away. So not only had he driven all that way and come, yeah, caught the ferry across to Shiskin and played golf and then driven me down to Macrohanish and shoofed me around there and, you know, stayed with me for dinner. Yeah. Then he's two hours, you know, an hour and a half away back up the road at, you know, small roads at night. He sees me back to my pub, the hotel thing where I'm staying, and then lo and behold, there's this young fellow at the front of the pub as we're walking in. And it was the young fellow flying the drone. We started chatting. Right. He said, he said, oh, gee, Robbie, you know, because he knew of Robbie, but he hadn't met. So, I, you know, he introduced, got met, he introduced Robbie at the same time. And um, so we had this great chat and uh, he's from London and uh, we started talking about drones. So obviously, you know, not going to shut me up then. He says, let's catch up tomorrow. And his name's Neil. And uh, I go back out to Macrohanish and we go and have lunch and, you know, have a chat and we just start talking about all this other stuff that's been common. Anyway, so not only have we become great mates with, with uh, Robbie, who is unbeknownst to me at the time, but super well connected in the whole world of you know like um, jim hartzell you know he's like very very close friends with jim hartzell you know jim hartzell's author of a couple of books and just loves scotland and loves dunavity like no yeah. one that you've ever met you know he's he just gets homesick from scotland and he's not even his home but he goes back to america and you know he's had tron over there with jim you know chauffeuring them around showing them all around there recently and he's just a wonderful chap and just a soul of the earth just unbelievable stonemason looks after all yeah. the monuments Unbelievable. And then Neil, on the other hand, is just, you know, when you see me post some of these Mac Mahanish pictures, it's usually Neil's photo. And he's like, here you go, have a look at this. And we just share all this great stuff about Mac Mahanish because he's so passionate about Mac Mahanish. And um, anyway, that one day of my life was just connecting me with two great people that have connected me with other people. And just, yeah. you know, now I feel I've got this other home to go to. And, um, you know, and, and I know whenever I go back to Scotland, I can go across there and feel like I'm, I'm at home. So it was a great day and two great people and connected to more great people. And, just, you know, that's why I love those guys and love those stories and, and love those places. And, and uh, you know, it might sound a bit yeah. boring to many people, but... Um, no, yeah, it's, it's a, a pretty, great pretty story about about story. how yeah how the game connects people, Roscoe. When you first started telling that story, I thought, oh, this is a story about Robbie, and 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 the you know it's a story about the meeting Robbie, but it's um it turned into one after the other of like great people that you've met and you've kept in contact with, and yeah, it's such a great um a great game that we play that uh, that brings people together and, you know, all of the cliches that, um, that that everyone says about the game in that regard are all, you know, so true. So, um, no, that's great. For, for, I've played so much golf, you know, like in Scotland by myself, you know, that was just like the day before going to Macrohanish, I played at Dundonald, which I played at before. And, you know, this trip, I stayed at Dundonald the night before and I played by myself and walked mm. by myself and, and I met some nice people in the way, you know, the guy in the in the starters hut was fantastic, you know, funny, you know, gave me some teas, gave me a little uh, Dundonald valuables pouch and the, car, uh, the stroke save and all that sort of thing. We had a great chat. Off I went and played by myself. Came back, had dinner by myself, went to sleep, you know, flew the drone, did all that sort of stuff. It was great. I had a great day. Awesome. Um, I, I played at Western Gales that day by myself. When I played by myself, you know, took my photos. Yeah. Just moseyed around, you know, playing by myself. I, I enjoy playing by myself. And uh, that was great. That was a great day. Yeah. But this next day was always going to be special because of this Macrohanish connection that was so rooted to my upbringing 
And so mm. rooted to, and and that day could have easily just been me going to McMahonish and playing by myself. Yeah, yeah. But but this day that was so connected to my childhood and and this emotions of my youth as a golfer was then you know sort of solidified by meeting these two wonderful gents who are now stay call very good friends. It was just yeah, un- unbelievable, unbelievable. So yeah, that's why days, that's what that's why meant that's, to be. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Enough from me. Enough from no, us. That's good, mate. That's good. You know, you, you mentioned playing golf by yourself. Like I also, um, I love playing golf by myself. I love playing golf with other people and meeting other people, um, new people. I don't mind jumping in as most people who love golf don't mind doing. You jump into a group and you and you meet random people and you end up with stories like that. Um, but I, I also love playing golf by myself. And uh, I, I remember when when we decided to move back to Australia, and leave Portland, Oregon and leave, you know, that location of four and a half hours drive away from Bend Dunes. I said to the wife, I've, I've got to go back. I've got to go back once before I head back to Australia. I'll probably never be back here again. Um, and so, uh, so I organized when that would be. Um, I had a buddy, he was actually an old boss at Nike, just been promoted to VP. So he'd bought himself a Porsche 911 Carrera and, um, and uh, one day offered to lend it to me, so I took him up on that offer, and uh, and I set off on a on a solo trip, um, heading down to Bandon Dunes, and kind of so in this Porsche career, it took the long way, just went straight out to the coast and drove all the way down the coast um, of the, the west coast of the US. It's about three hundred and fifty k's or something of coast road, not too sections of it, not too similar to, um, not too different from the Great Ocean Road. So like incredible scenery, um, you know, in this car on this trip, heading to the destination I was heading to, which you know is um, a pretty special place in my golf um, journey and story. And um, I so I got down there. It was, it was a two or three night trip multiple games being played and my favorite course at Bandon is Bandon Trails. Um, and it's, it's kind of the third course that they built there. It's core and Crenshaw, um, you know, Doak and a few of the others have done the other courses, but um, it's kind of set up in the, in the Hills a little bit. It's the one that doesn't have all of the coastal views or the, the holes over the water or, you know, that, that stretch of um, amazing um, ocean scenery. It's all, it's yeah. Nestled in the Hills and, it's really special. Like there's not many holes. I think there's one or two holes on the whole course where you can see another hole. And so the rest of it is you're very secluded. Um, you know, all you see is just what's in front of you, just that hole. Um, and uh, yeah, I was there on an absolutely picture perfect day. I played sheep ranch in the morning, um, shot a 74, lowest score in a very long time. It's very good for me. So I was very happy. I was up and about. Um, ran into ran into Shane Bacon uh, from the Golf Channel, uh, you know, on my way to the first tee. And I get to the first tee and I'm expecting a group of players. And the guy said, oh, you're on your own. Oh, oh, on my own. He said, yeah, great. Okay, all right. And it was absolutely picture perfect day. Um, not a cloud in the sky, no wind, just couldn't have been better conditions. And he said, yeah, and you, you're about 45 minutes before uh, behind another single. So... I thought, oh, wow, okay, so I'm really on my own here. So, um, so man, I had the most magic three and a half, four hours out there just doing my thing. I had the music pumping. I had um, 
maybe a couple of IPAs in the bag, um, playing this incredible course, you know, this very kind of special moment of me farewelling the fairways of, uh, of North America and to get all emotional about it. And, um, you know, just such a special time and, um, uh, an experience to be out there by myself felt like I was the only person on the entire planet, um, playing the game I love at a course I love, um, in just the most incredible conditions and, and everything. It was just, yeah, very, very kind of special moment and memory that I'll, t- um, that I'll have, uh, on my golf journey. So, little bit different in terms of you know, it was on my on my own versus meeting a ton of other people but that's the great thing about the game you, you can have different experiences like that 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 give you different things and um yeah and mine was was a solo memory of a of a great time and a, and a place that it's uh, very special to me uh i would have enjoyed that nine. i would have enjoyed all of that but uh, i would have enjoyed that 911 drive uh up the coast there uh yeah it was pretty good. Mm, mm. It was pretty good. So, uh, yeah, just well, all of the things added to that story, you know, is, uh, is yeah, fantastic. Well, don't say that um, it's probably your last time because, you know, you can't make that your last time going back to that sort of place. You've got to go back. It'll it'll be, might not be next year, might not be five years' time, but um, I'm sure that uh, by hook or by crook, you, know, you, will, you will make it back there and, and make it your mission to get back there because, I think you just have to relive these these places that are so special to you, and you have to, you know, find a new thing out about them and and do them differently and do them again and share that with yeah. other people. I share it with other people and that sort of stuff. But anyway, easy to say, hard to do sometimes. But um, you know, it's not a bad goal to have to get back to Macaranish or go back to uh, Band and Dunes. I'll, I'll certainly come to Band and Dunes with you, no problems at all. Oh, I'd love absolutely. to. I'd love to go to Band and Dunes. Um, anyway, we can dream. Well, I've got to go to Barn Boogle first before I get back there. That's my goal. Okay. Well, I'll go there on Saturday for you. How's that? Oh, yeah. Send me some photos. Yeah. Yeah, right. I will. Yeah, I will. Okay. I'll go there on Saturday for you. Um, very good. Scott, thanks for, uh, again, joining us and um, all the participation and getting the, the uh, form for everyone to fill in and hopefully share some of their stories. And as we say, you know, um, when we – if you want to come on and share this story, when we do pick a couple of uh, people to come and share their stories with us, um, we'd love to have you sitting on these Zoom chats with us and, uh, you know, just, again, meeting new people and telling us some great stories. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, Scott, can't, wait, can't wait to hear them all, Roscoe. And, no, thank you, mate. Um, yeah, enjoy your time in Tassie and uh, we'll catch up when you're back, huh? Well, over and out from uh, Hobart and uh, I'll see you back in Melbourne. All right. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you. Uh, don't forget to fill in all those forms and, and give them some series of stories. Thanks for listening uh, to this episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. We'll see you next week.